0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Trinity Church in Carryville Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, please visit our website, trinity901.com. So, you may not realize, but this August represents four years in the life of Trinity. It was in August of 2019 that I believe 22 of us gathered together for a Bible study on Sunday evening at ECS in Germantown. The beginnings of a new church. And I was excited. I believe, I think, I hope that you were excited. The Lord was going to do great things And then six months later, what happened? It's COVID. And the quarantine. And stay at home. And suddenly, I began to have doubts. I am on forums with church planters in our denomination all across the United States and in Canada. And they were having the same doubts. Panic and fear was developing among church planters. Established church pastors were dealing with an entirely different set of issues. We were wrestling with, are the people who are a part of this, will they come back? How are we going to financially make it? Because at that time... The economy was uncertain. We did not know what it was going to do. And so many church planners began to wonder if they would have support from individuals and from churches. We had numerous churches that were not responding to us and our calls for support because they did not know what the economy was going to do. Fear, doubt. That was the order of the day. And now I look back on it and my heart breaks in some sense because of my lack of belief in the sovereignty of God, in His faithfulness, and in His goodness. I'm human, I'm sinful, I erred. I allowed those sinful behaviors to begin to control my heart and my mind during a very difficult and challenging time. Lord, we have stepped out in faith to start this church. What are you doing? What's happening? This, the timing could not be worse. Again, I'm a frail human. And if you look at the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, it is a reminder... It is a reminder that God is good, that God is faithful, that God is steady, that God is sovereign, that God has a plan for His people. Why did I doubt? And so when we come to Zechariah chapter 4 this morning, one of the main things that I believe that we see in this chapter is the faithfulness of God towards His people. A great reminder for all of us, regardless of the situation. Now, we are jumping back into this book the Old Testament, this minor prophet. So I think it is good that we have a short review so that we're all on the same page and we remember who Zechariah is and what he has been called to do and what the situation is that he is facing so long ago. So let me give you just a few reminders. Remember, in 930 B.C., The kingdom of Israel was divided in two parts. Judah in the south and Israel in the north. The south was led by Rehoboam. The north was led by Jeroboam. I know that that can be confusing. The capital in Judah was Jerusalem. The capital of Israel in the north was Shechem. Now this was displeasing to the Lord. This division was a result of covenant disobedience. The people of God not trusting in the goodness of God, not obeying Him and worshiping Him properly. And so the Assyrians came and they defeated Israel and they took them into exile beginning in 722 B.C. Judah continued along the same path. And Babylon came and destroyed Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple. They took with them the artifacts of the temple. And they took Judah into exile in 586 B.C. So because of covenant disobedience, because of the rebellion of the hearts of God's people, they have been taken into exile. Punishment has been dispensed. But God has made promises to Israel. God has not forgotten His people. And so in 539, 538 B.C., the Persian Empire defeats the Babylonian Empire under Cyrus. And what does Cyrus do? He was a very religious, tolerant ruler. And so he decides to let many of the Jewish people return to Jerusalem. Now for Zechariah, a prophet who is a part of a priestly family according to Nehemiah. He's born in exile. He returns to Jerusalem with, scholars estimate, 50,000 people. Israel begins the reconstruction of the temple. They lay the foundation in 536 B.C. This is an exciting time for the people of God. They have a great opportunity here. If they rebuild the temple and they obey God and they trust in Him, they obey the covenant, then perhaps the time is upon them that God will bring about His kingdom. And so, Zechariah comes on the scene really for two reasons. The construction of the temple is not going like it should. They've started, but it's not going well. There are internal dynamics and there are external factors that are causing issues, that are causing problems. And so the Lord comes to to Zechariah with visions that he is to pronounce to the people of God, to tell them, you need to rebuild the temple. God has amazing and wonderful things in store for you. Let's align ourselves with His will. You need to consider the significance and the importance of not only rebuilding the temple, finishing the work, but spiritual renewal, the kingdom of God, that we learn so much about in the Gospels, could be at hand through our covenant faithfulness. Now there are two other people that you need to be aware of in this story. One is Zerubbabel. He is in the line of David. He is from the tribe of Judah. He is a governor under the authority of Darius. He has been sent back to Jerusalem to rule over them on behalf of Darius, who is the king, the mighty king of the Persian Empire. Now, if Israel, if Jerusalem was not under the authority of the Persians, perhaps Zerubbabel would be your Davidic king. There's a second person that you need to be aware of named Joshua. And he is a priest. Remember, the Persian Empire was religiously tolerant and willing to allow the people of Israel to go back to Jerusalem and to worship their God. And so Joshua is from the family of Aaron. He is from the tribe of Levi. He is the high priest. So the pieces are starting to be put in place. A Davidic king, potentially. An Aaronic priest. A temple. Sacrifices. Covenant worship, covenant obedience. Here we go. And Zechariah is saying, Let's do this. Let's do this. Now, this chapter, chapter four, encompasses the fifth vision. We've looked at the first four, now we've come to the fifth. It is full of imagery that is tied in to the Gospels, to the writings of Paul, and particularly the book of Revelation. And so we're going to look at chapter 4 this week and next week. But it's important that we kind of understand from a distance what is happening. Again, we'll look at more of the imagery next week. So... This is revealed to Zechariah, this fifth vision. And he sees the menorah of the tabernacle and the temple, the golden lampstand that burned throughout the night. And it was the role and responsibility of the priest of Israel to make sure that it continued to burn properly. It represented the presence of God among His people. Light in darkness. A broken, sinful, fallen world. And there is light so that we can see and that the people of God can have hope. But what's interesting, if you think about chapter 4 is that this menorah, this golden lampstand, is somehow and some way different. Scholars are all over the place on what this looked like. I've seen numerous illustrations and they're all different. And I think it's also apparent that because of Zechariah's confusion... That this is not quite the same golden lampstand that you see in the tabernacle and in the temple. Something's different. Because you see the confusion as he's talking to the angel who's revealing to him this important part of the nation of Israel. And so you also see... Olive trees to the left and to the right. Now that is important because it's representing a continual source of oil, of fuel for the golden lampstand. Just remember that. And so he's had this vision of the menorah that's divinely fueled by these olive trees. And so Zechariah knows that the temple needs to be finished so the golden lampstand, the light of God in the presence of His people in a dark world can be seen and made known. And so this vision to Zechariah is directed to Zerubbabel. And secondarily to Joshua. We'll see more of that next week. The vision is saying, get in gear. Get going. Rebuild the temple. This is significant. This is important. This, is the, this represents the presence of God on earth. And you, Israel, are supposed to be priests to the nations God wants to make his name great and he wants to make his name known not just to you but to the Assyrians and to the Persians and to the Babylonians he wants to make his name known to the whole world he wants his glory to be reflected everywhere to everyone and it begins it starts with the rebuilding and the reconstruction and the completion of this temple. And Zerubbabel, this is on you. You are the leader who's been given authority by Darius from the Persian Empire. Do this. Complete it. There's another important aspect to chapter 4. Zechariah is being challenged to share this with Zerubbabel to know what he has been tasked to do to accomplish, to finish. But if you'll notice in the passage, the Lord is saying, but ultimately I am the one who's going to do it. I am the one who is going to do this. It's not by your power. It's not by your might. It's me. I will see to it that my temple, my footstool on earth, the place where my presence resides amongst my people, those made in my image, I will do this. And so as we look at chapter 4, and again, next week we're going to go into more of the imagery that we see in this passage. I think there are two takeaways The first is that our God is great. The second is that the Lord cares for His people. Our God is great, and the Lord cares for His people. It's a reminder to Zechariah, and ultimately to the people of Israel, that God does what He says He is going to do. I think back to that time during COVID and fears grew within my heart and I failed to remember the promises of the Word of God and how great He is. and How sovereign He is. And how He accomplishes His purposes for the sake of His name. All Israel had to do was think about their deliverance from Egypt. Their deliverance from slavery. All they had to do was remember that they were in exile and God has allowed them to return to their homeland. For us, we look to the Gospels and we see that it is our Father who raised His Son. How great is our God! He raises His Son in victory so that we might have life. Peter says it well. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because He has done great things. You've returned from exile. I've saved you. I have delivered you. My name is great. I will rebuild this temple. It's not by your power, it's not by your might, it's according to me. Our God is great. And so you're here this morning, and you have fears, and you have anxieties, and you have troubles, you have struggles, you have problems. You're like me during that time of COVID where doubt begins to overwhelm you. Suspicion begins to whisper things that are unbiblical. You begin to question what God is doing. That could be you this morning. And Zechariah chapter 4 is reminding you through the reconstruction of the temple, the vision to Zechariah, that our God is great. It's not up to us. It's up to Him. Let that be an encouragement to you. I don't know what it is that you're dealing with. I don't know what your struggles are. But the Lord is saying, My word is a reminder to you how great I am if you belong to Me. Rest in My greatness. Find hope in My greatness. Secondly, not only is our God great, the Lord cares for His people. Verse 6, it says, Then He said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of the host. How does He care for Israel? He says that my spirit will be active And this return from exile, this reconstruction of the temple, I will be with you. Because I care for you. And he says the same thing to us in Christ. I send to you my Spirit. God gives us the Holy Spirit. He is with us. We are not alone. just like He was there for Israel in the wilderness, just like He is there with Israel as Zechariah speaks to them the greatness of these prophecies, these visions. God is with us now through the work of His Spirit. New Testament tells us that the Holy Spirit is our comforter our helper, our guide, our advocate. I love what someone said recently about the Holy Spirit being our advocate. It means quite simply, very simply, that God is near and He's on our side. And we see this in chapter 4. God is drawing near to Israel. I am going to do great things. I am going to be with Zerubbabel. I am going to be with Joshua. Zechariah, I am going to speak through you. I am here. Have no fear. Do not be afraid. You can do this. He's saying the same thing to us today. That's the encouragement that we see in chapter 4 as we navigate the difficult terrain of this life. Whether it's marriage, parenting, work, family issues, fears, anxieties, whatever it might be, you're not alone. You may feel alone. You may have uncertainties. I have uncertainties. But when we come to the Word of God, when we come to chapter 4, we are reminded He is here, He is present, He is near, He is on our side. Our comforter, our helper, our guide, our advocate. What an encouragement to us this morning as we approach the Lord's table. A table set before you to strengthen you in times of doubt. To strengthen you in times of trouble. A table that is set before you as a reminder of who Christ is and His ministry to your soul. God is giving us a visible tangible reminder that we can touch, that we can feel, that we can taste, that we can see, that we can smell that I am near you, that I am with you. Trust. Take that to heart. Let's pray. Our God, we thank you for this Lord's Day and we thank you for Your Word. We thank You for the promise of Your Spirit at work within us. Leading us and guiding us. Helping us, comforting us, protecting us. God, thank You for Your ministry to Your people. Help us to be assured that You are great. May these May this table this morning remind us of your greatness, the resurrection of Jesus, all that He has done for us, His covenant faithfulness, your presence. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen.